Cornerstone Conversations, having a chat with Neil and Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello, Neil. How's it going? Great. How are you? So we are here today to talk about... We are here today. Message We're here. ...for the weekend. Been a busy day in the cafe. Yes. The Corner Cafe, the if corner anyone cafe. wants to come down. Great 85 pl- Whitewood Road. Great place to get a cheeseburger, add some bacon. Add mm. bacon all the time. Delicious. Yeah. Burger without bacon. It's not a burger. Uh. I suppose it is. Depends on the day. Yeah. So yeah, no, there's nuts today down here. So no, I didn't. Good. I didn't have any nuts. No. No. no I, had I had a nuts. cheeseburger with bacon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look at you, hey? Yeah. Hey, um, Matt. Yes. What do you think about life? Wow, as a that's. What's it meant to be like? What's life meant to be like? Not the meaning of life. Not the meaning of life. Isn't what's the meaning of life? Isn't it like twenty-seven or something? Something like that. Or something. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense no. at all. Um, what is life? What is the meaning of life? No, no. no what no, was the like question? Christian life. Like, Christian life. If I asked you that question, Matt, what is the Christian life meant to be like? What would you say? In fact, I did ask you that question just then. Yeah. <laughs> You may answer. <laughs> um, um, let me think about this. Full. A full life. A full and abundant life. Oh, nice. So you're, you're obviously listening on the weekend. To some of it, yeah. 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 I had, I had um, what are they called? Screaming children on mm. Sunday. So Yeah, I noticed I had, when I was preaching. I know. You can probably actually hear it. If you jump on the podcast, you can probably hear my children <laughs> yeah, featuring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's Special that is guess. what you were talking about, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a life of abundance. Yeah, and yeah. you know the reason I did, I wanted to talk about it, is that I think sometimes people don't think that it, uh, that a Christian life should be that full. Mm. It's sort of like you know a restricted life, maybe in some ways, yep. um, or you know God's actually out to get you a little bit, and if you do something wrong as a Christian. Uh, it's all downhill. Mm. But, you know, when I think about Jesus and what he did, um, as a as Jesus is a true teacher of men and he wasn't there to cause injury to anyone and or bring death to anybody's door. Um, but instead, as you look at his teaching, it was full of goodness, kindness and love and it worked for human happiness and benefit. So, yeah. you know, there, there was this something in his... Uh, teaching that would bring life to people um and yet so much of it that we hear sometimes i feel is in error and it's deadly um but the truth of god is actually life-giving and i just think you know as a christian you should have the very best life as in you know i mean not everything's going to go well we'll probably talk about that a little bit but if we think firstly about christ the first thing, so we, we read from John chapter 10 yep. um, about the good shepherd and Jesus being the good shepherd. But the verse I really concentrated on was John 10, 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Yeah. And I know I've met people that would think that God's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy. Mm. Yeah. Um, and yet this isn't what Jesus said. Hmm. Yeah. So, given that, Matt, what do you get from that verse? Well, as that verse says, 
you know, God's purpose, Jesus' purpose is to come and to give a rich and satisfying life. It's that, it's that life of abundance. It's the, mm. the life of having the things that, that we need and, and to, you know, succeed with what God's calling us to do. Mm. Um, you know, and, and it's the thief's purpose, the enemy's purpose to come and to steal and to kill and destroy those things and to distract us away. You know, I think that's the, probably the biggest thing that comes to mind when you're talking about, you know, where where people feel like God doesn't love them because they've done something wrong or whatever. It's it's, it's that enemy getting in there and yep. and whispering those things. Um, you know, mm. is that what God's word really says? You know, like what like like the enemy did in in the garden. You know, and yeah, when Adam true. and Eve are there, and you know, I think I talked about that a few weeks ago. Yeah, but that's what sort of comes to mind is that is that there's this. You know, the enemy is out there and they are trying to do those things. They're trying to take away that abundant life that we have and, and they go about that way in, in you know, distracting and, and, you know, trying to skew the words that are plainly written there that says yeah. that God's, you know, God's purpose is, is to give us a full and rich and satisfying life in Him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think actually what you just said there is that key that it's in Him and, you know, the, the, the whole point of, Christian life really is that uh, reconciliation to God, yep. to His purpose and plan for our life, and you know I, I often think about it, even in say relationships, what, whatever it is in life, God has given so much wisdom throughout the Word of God. Yep. But if we actually go through the gate, Jesus being the Word, Jesus being the gate, Je- Jesus being the Shepherd, um, and obey the Word, out of that comes this amazing, rich, and satisfying life that yep. we can live. We don't actually have to live it as a Christian. In fact, we can be disobedient as much as we want, mm. in which case we're going to miss out on a lot of the things of God. But yeah. if you actually get down to that base level of it, you know, I've talked about it over the last couple of weeks, you know, firstly that, you know, the perfect love of God casts out all fear mm. and we're not afraid of judgment uh, because we know that God is actually judging Jesus Christ who was sinless, but yet he took on the sin of the world as a sacrifice. Yeah, um, And that's the first bit there that, First of all, Jesus came to give life. So if we looked at this in the New King James Version, it would say uh, to give life and life more abundant. Yeah. So an abundant life. Yes. So first of all, he gave life, um, which is obviously we were all stuck in sin. Uh, we were dead. Everyone has a physical and mental life. Like we're, we're alive and we live that way, but spiritually we are dead yep. until we know Jesus. And um, as a Christian now, we find our life in Jesus Christ. We have eternity um, with him. We have that spirit of God that plants the word, the incorruptible seed in our life. Yep. Um, so we can actually start to understand the spiritual teachings of God. You know, before I was a Christian, I wouldn't really fully understand. But once that spirit of God's in me, he actually starts to reveal things to me. Why? Because my spirit becomes alive to God who is a spirit. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't know, Matt. I guess I don't fully, fully, uh, I haven't fully experienced that myself in the in the fact that I've always been a lover of God, like I've always yeah. loved Him, even yeah. as a child, even though yeah. I didn't fully understand the sacrifice. Yeah. But I can imagine um, not knowing the comfort and the kindness of God in my heart would be terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. For sure. So I don't know if you've ever experienced that, or you. I, I mean, I was, I was thinking about the same thing myself. You know, I've grown, I've grown up in the church. I've always known 
about the love of God and, you know, as you, as you said, you know, didn't fully understand it until I was a bit older and could make that decision and, and that myself. But I often think about what life would be, I mean, I don't often think about it, but I, you know, I, I consider what it, what it'd be like for someone who doesn't understand that. And, and I think that's why the wor- way, I think that's why the world is the way that it is because mm. people don't, you know, they don't, they don't know God and they're trying to fill this void that's that's mm. there, you know, because there is, you know, I, yeah, I often think, you know, how, how would I deal with the things that I'm dealing with right now if God wasn't in my life and what would that look like? And, yeah. you know, and, and very quickly you can end up in a place where you've got depression and, you know, you just want to hide away from it all and, and all of that kind of stuff. And because, you know, God gives us that hope and, and that peace that mm. surpasses all understanding and, yep. you know, all of that sort of stuff. And so there is, there is that, that question of, you know, what, what is it without, without God? And, and, then, and then you look at the world and you recognize the, the amount of stuff that people are trying to fill their lives with to yep. fill that hole that needs to be filled with God. Yeah. Um, to, and yet to, it's to, a, to an endless and, desire, know. isn't it, yeah. for something that you can't have? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can't gain contentment through things. Like you can gain a, a temporary mm. fix, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Almost like a drug in a way, but you're going to have to have some more. Yeah. You know, um, and yeah, so I think like, you know, with that life more abundantly though as a Christian. So we know, yes, we've been saved, but a lot yep. of Christians don't feel like they're saved into a better life. Mm. They're just saved from death, yep. which is better, of course, but... The actual living out this life in the full, the best way that you can, and a Christian should be the most joyful, happy people mm. because of what God has done. Um, and you look at people's lives in, uh, I guess, in a matter of degrees, you know, you look at some people and it's like their life's just bright, yeah. fantastic, and others yeah. it's like this flickering flame yeah. that's about to go out. Um, but Jesus said, I want you to have a rich and satisfying life, something that we're satisfied with. And there's an, an old promise in uh, the Bible, in the Old Testament, that that says, you know, I think it was the psalmist said, you know, um, with a full life I will satisfy you mm. and show you my salvation. Long life I will satisfy you. So it's like yeah. um, basically long life but satisfied Yeah, and show salvation. So throughout that, it didn't mean that everything went well, but every single time you could trust God to deliver you from what was going on. Yeah. Um, and so until you're satisfied, you probably shouldn't be dead, um, really, when you think about that. Um, so you can see it in different ways. Um, life in all its fullness, I think, you know, uh, in healing. Like, I, I do believe personally that Jesus was a great physician. He came to heal yep. all who were brought to him. Yeah. Um, there wasn't anyone he turned away. And so many times you hear excuses or reasons why people can't get healed, but Jesus never used those. Yeah. I can't think of any of the excuses that we come up with that Jesus said, I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, Sorry, you've sinned, so I'm not healing you. I'm sorry, you have to learn something right now, so I'm not healing you. Mm. You know, no, I'm just doing this so that my glory can be showed. I've I've really made you sick. There was one case where it says, you know, that so God's glory could be shown, but it didn't mean that um, God made them sick so that he could make them well. That's just bizarre. That's right. You know, when he's the one who wants to give life. All right. and the energy and zeal when it's released in your life from him. Um, and he wants us to have that spiritual health. But the Bible also says he is a God that heals all our diseases. So, yeah. you know, we, we have to settle in our heart what we believe of that and what we don't. Um, and understand that we're not perfect in faith anyway. 
Yeah. Um, Jesus was. <laughs> yeah. And even he Absolutely. had struggled in one town, his hometown, because of their lack of faith in him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, won't go into that any more detail today. Um, the other way that we get life is through growth. Um, so, I don't know. Um, Matt, have you ever seen a seedling of a tree or a plant? Oh, yes. 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 Sorry. I thought there was going to be more to that question. Well, we were looking at the picture of the giant grizzly today, which I we were talked about on the, the weekend. The giant grizzly, which is a tree. A tree. A, a tree. tree a sequoia. In, and where is it? It's in Yosemite National Park. Yep. I said Yellowstone on the weekend. Bad mistake. I'll have to correct oh, that. Um, but the size of that tree, I showed you a picture of it. Yes. It's massive, right? It's absolutely massive. What if I showed you that same tree when it was just a seedling? Would you uh, be in yeah. awe of it? No, definitely not. No, because no. it hadn't reached its full potential. No. It had to do some growing. That's right. And, I mean, in a human way, it's us growing in the knowledge, the experience, the confidence yeah. in God and actually conforming to his image. And I think, you know, that there are Christians who don't, get the fullness of life in Christ because they refuse to grow. Yeah. You know, I think Paul wrote to one, to one lot and said, hey, you guys, you're still babies. Yeah. You should be teaching others, but instead I'm coming back with the milk. You know, what's going on? Mm. You know, you've refused to grow. And so out of that, when you refuse to grow, you actually don't see the kingdom of God working in your life. Um, mm. And I feel like, you know, that as a young Christian, you should make it your goal to grow so you can then become a young person in Christ, you know, growing. Um, but eventually yeah. to be a father or mother in the church. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, um, that, that you know, you have great esteem and everything mm. amongst people. But what it means is that you're taking responsibility for the next generation to disciple them and grow them. Yeah. And one of the problems that I see, I guess in church is that people don't want to take responsibility. Yeah. And there's something different about being fed and waiting like a little chicken, a nest, you know, feed me mm. and being one who can actually provide. But those little chicks have got to get out, learn to fly, and then they feed their their chicks. Yeah. Um, but there's something satisfying when you actually grow a child like, in the natural, it's satisfying when you see your kids grow, yep. mature, become, you know, good members of society, whatever it might be. Now, for my kids that stay kids all their life, it's fun, but yep. it's not satisfying. Do you know what I mean? Does that yeah, make sense? Sure. No, absolutely. Yep. Perfect sense. That's yeah. good. And um, I, I don't know why, but it, it seems to be that um, there seems to be a lack of that desire to grow. Mm. And actually have influence rather, I don't know, maybe it's where we yeah. live in society, maybe it's not even true, but it just seems that sometimes it's like people don't want to take the responsibility in church life. Yeah. Um, it's almost like that's the secondary, secondary, maybe not even secondary thing mm. that, that people do. Would, yeah, would you true. agree, disagree? Yeah, I you think can, so. Like there's, uh, you know, I think, I think it's twofold too. Like I think there's a, there's a there's a lack of wanting to grow but then but then also like we never we never stop growing like the, you know you don't ever get to a place where you're like i know everything and i'm 
amazing and mm. I've reached my full potential and all yep. that kind of stuff. And so, you know, as, you know, from the, from a perspective of someone who's who's been a Christian for a long, long time, there's a danger that you can feel, you can fall into this place where you feel like you've you've grown as much as you're going to. and But there's still that lack of, of wanting to then uh, nurture and raise up those younger seedlings, if we go back to the, the plant analogy, mm. um, to be nurturing them as well. You know what I mean? Like, so... Yep. You know, I guess that's something that we need to be really, really careful of—that we don't fall into that place where we either just don't don't invest into those that are coming up, or but also continuing to invest in ourselves. Or there's something, mm. you know, as as a leader, there is something that happens when you are nurturing other people that makes yep. you continue to grow as well, because it, it challenges you in in your faith and and what you believe and what you understand and and all yep. that kind of stuff. And you know, I know from certainly from my perspective. You know, the fact that I, I preach messages in church that that drastically alters the way that I read the word. Yeah. Which is, you know, because if I'm if I'm just reading the word for myself, you know what I mean? Like it's like, oh yeah, that's that's good, and I can think about it and whatever. But if I'm up the front and I'm challenging people with the word, I'm wanting to make sure that I'm, you know, you know what I mean? There's a yeah, there's a like not only that, it also makes you. Because you have to explain it to someone else, right? Yeah. So yeah. you have to get it you very to, clear. You've got to get it clear, mind. and you've got to get it as you want accurate it, you as you want can. You want it to be good, and you want yeah, you want it to be accurate. You don't want and to be standing living the front it out, and you want to be living it out. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's a real encouragement for us to be in that space of of actually nurturing other people and and being in you know study groups and connect groups yeah. and and doing life with people. Yeah. Because it it not only helps others to establish their faith and to grow in their faith and, and to learn more about who God is, but it also does the same in our own lives as we do that. Yeah. Um, and we all need to continue to keep keep on growing. Yeah. yeah. I'd agree with that. Like I'd say, you know, as I study the Word of God for a Sunday, time and time again, I'm drawn back to Christ in an amazing way. Yeah. Yep. I'm just like, wow, this is so amazing. You're so good, God. And it yep. actually... In terms of the abundance of life, it actually yeah. helps me to experience so much more fullness. Um, yeah. So we can have that. We can be growing. You know, we've already got, you know, a bit of health happening in our life, you know, believing that God actually wants the best for us. We're growing, but then we can still be um, bound. And so we can yeah. grow, but we can grow in the wrong areas. And so, you know, when we're in Christ and that life of freedom, it should be a bit sparkly, you know, like overflowing the streams. Yeah coming out of us um, and one of the problems with that growing that way to be free is we still have that mistrust yep. and fret which is what we talked about last week which was the you know instead of worrying what do you do pray pray yep yep um, so give those because that controls us and, and doesn't let us be free mm. um, then the abundance in our life uh, growing in that area imagine a poor person you know you, you can work from sun up till sundown and you know earn enough money but not have enough to get a house maybe you don't know where you're going to sleep but you're not in prison they're not they're not bound but they're not free you know what i mean they, yeah. they're like um it's like you're free but you're not like i would yeah. hardly be able to say to you that person has an abundant life because they're free there's more to it and and for us as christians it's feeding on that mm. the promises of god um, to enjoy the, the rich things which Christ has for us through his grace. Um, 
And so it's that partaking of what God has for us. And, you know, um, I was just talking with a couple of guys the other day and I said, how do we actually get God's presence or seek his presence? What does that actually mean to be in his presence? Because he's mm. not here. Mm. Physically, I can't see God. Mm. How do I experience it though, Matt? What, what would you say? Well, I mean, God, God's word says that when two or three are gathered in his name, that his presence is here. He's here with us. And, you know, I think that's a really key thing when, you know, I mean, I've even been talking to the worship team about this because I, I run, you know, head up the worship team and I was talking about that on, on Thursday night. You know, sometimes I feel like, I feel like, sorry, let, 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 you know, sometimes it's like we've got we've to create this particular type of environment in order for God to come. But the reality is that when we gather together, he's already here. And so it's more about us drawing our attention to, to him. him. Yep. Um, and so there's, there is that, you know, you can, you can come into, you know, taking a Sunday service, for example, or, or a gathering, a worship gathering, for example. You can come with, in with a particular attitude where you're not drawing your attention to God, where you're thinking about all of the things that are going on in your life and, you know, that, that's your focus and then you've got someone sitting next to them who has got all this, the same sort of stuff going on, but they're drawing their attention to God and they can have a completely different experience yeah. in, that, in that moment. And it's, so it's, it, is, it is purely that, that, that we're forgetting about ourselves, that we are drawing our attention to, to God. Yep. So um, it could almost be like we make ourselves present to God. Yep. And so we experience his presence yeah. because of that. Well, there, I mean, there's, a, there's the verse that says, boldly enter into the presence, you yeah. know, and, and so that, that is a physical choice that we need to make, mm. recognizing that, again, when two or three are gathered together, when we gather together for study or whatever it is, if we, you know, me and you sitting here right now, God is yep. in our midst, the two or three, two of us are gathered together. Yeah. And so it is, this, it is this physical choice that we need to make to draw our attention to God. Yeah. And, yeah, I think so, like, and when I think about it in terms of where I've felt God's presence the most, like, yeah. I know it's sort of like a feeling thing, but it's a feeling thing. Yeah. You know, presence yeah. is that. It's like when you go into a room and two people are arguing, you can feel the presence of the argument even Definitely. though they stop. Definitely. And so where do we feel that presence? Uh, definitely in corporate worship when you're engaged. Yeah. Sometimes it's this presence yeah. Um, for me, sometimes, like, I think one of the places that I felt it the most was almost in Gorge in Central Australia, where it was yep. like no one else was there, but there's these massive cliffs and beautiful, and it's just like I felt so little yep. and and just felt like God was there. Yep. Or like you, you talked about that peace that just comes, you know, yep. the presence of yep. God. It's amazing. Um, yeah, and it's partaking of that instead of rejecting it, which means, like you said before, you making that movement towards God. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I yep. mean, like we're talking, just thinking about that Ormiston, or, Ormiston Gorge experience yeah. that you had, you were, you were drawing your attention to God in that moment. You're looking at creation, you're mm, recognizing absolutely. the insignificance of yourself and, and then reflecting that to, to God, the creator yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So again, that's a, there's a, a physical choice that you're making to, to draw your attention to God in that moment. And so yep. I think that's, that's the really key thing is that we've got to forget about, Forget about us. Forget about our situation, and 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 focus in on on God and who He yeah. is and what He's done, and yeah, you know, and that's that's really key. In that. That's right, and and the fullness of life in that. Like there's a verse that says, "In His presence is fullness of joy." Yes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. If you're not in the presence, yeah, you're not going to ex experience that life. 
so much. Um, then talking about you might have that. Yeah, you got your health, you got your freedom, you got the abundance yep. of life through His promises. Yeah. Um, but you don't know that you belong. You don't know love, and you don't have a good esteem of yourself. You've forgotten that. Um, you know, and under the conviction of sin, we can find ourselves moving away from God rather than to God. Um, yeah. But we are no longer slaves. We're heirs of salvation. Yeah. Um, and that's just amazing. But to know that we are loved by God. Okay. Yeah. So the abundant life played out in your life as a Christian, Matt. Yes. What you'll find is these things begin to work. Okay. Number one, you have stamina. Yep. Um, so in a spiritual sense, we live in this vigorous life. Things aren't hard. Yep. Um, because you've got a stamina which allows you to experience so much more. Your strength's in the Lord. And you've got some grit in your life. You know, there's not, you know, this doubt, but there's a tenacity of your belief and you're not going to fall away easy. Um, the second thing which I really love is the enlargement of the sphere of our life. I've found that so many people that don't know God, their life's very wrapped up in one or two things. Yep. It's not, their world's not big, you yep. know. Yep. Um, they're not excited about the bigness of, of the world. Um, but he should in. When we're living in that fullness of Christ, that enlarges the sphere of our life um, and things become exciting and they open up to us. And I, I gave the illustration of being in a car, yep. you know, when you're a kid and dad says, look at the view and you're like, whatever. Yep. But then when you look at it, you're experiencing something else. But then when you actually stop and walk out into it, you experience even more. Yep. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, but it also opens ourselves up to the mysteries and communion with the infinite God. So... It's not just physical experience. It's like you actually learn to experience more of God because he's revealing himself to you. Yep. Radio. It's good. Yep. Power is brought into exercise. What does that mean? It means you know that God's given you gifts, but when you're living that abundant life, you actually walk in them. You have this yep. boldness. Yep. Example, Peter in the Gospels, how do you see him mostly? Peter? Yeah. He's pretty outgoing though, isn't he? Like and he steps mm. into stuff. Yeah. yeah. Jumped out of a boat when everyone else was yep. afraid and cowering in fear. Yeah. Yep. And around the fire at Jesus' crucifixion. Oh, he was a bit of a... He was, he was a bit scaredy cat there, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I think probably most of us would be the same, I think, <laughs> in in particular yep. situation like that. So he's scared to be identified as a disciple of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. What about after the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came? Yeah, he was out there. He was good. Preaching to the Preach, crowd. Preaching to the crowd. Was it 5,000 saved that day? Something or something? something like that. Some Crazy numbers. Crazy amount. They must have been making a fair bit of noise though, hey, like yeah, yeah. to draw that, <laughs> that big a crowd yeah. to come and see what was going on. Yeah, and so Amazing. you see in all the apostles actually this change because they were all cowering at the yep. end when Jesus came to see them. Yeah. But all of a sudden they were like, told don't preach in the streets or you go to jail so they, yep. they prayed for more boldness so they could preach in the streets yeah crazy yeah but there's this thing and that should be happening with us as well the increased energy yeah um <laughs> and w why is it that so many people nowadays with so much technology and less hard work are far more lethargic and lazy and tired and exhausted don't know no, I think it's the lack of intensity and purpose. Well, everything's easy. I mean, well, it's not easy, but you know what I mean? Like everything's accessible and, mm. you know, why why, why should I bother to to go out and buy some food when I can just 
push a few buttons on my phone and someone can bring it to my door. <laughs> That's right. Um, and it really doesn't stimulate yeah. you to an energetic life, but the no. love of God, when it compels us, it does. Um, yep. So you have energy to carry out that calling. Um, that's the life that we should be having. The overflow of enjoyment, not everything's always good, not everything's perfect, but every good and perfect gift comes from God, yep. and there should be this overflow of enjoyment as a Christian. Um, and as a person of worship, Spurgeon said, never has a revival of religion come without a revival of singing. When God gives you more life, you'll have more joy. Yeah. I like joy. Yeah. Would sure. you agree with that singing? Do you think that like when you see God working, there's more? Yep. I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, definitely. Mm. Yeah. There's, some, there's something about musical worship that draws draws people into that place of intimacy with God. Yeah. If If the singing's good. <laughs> it can also do have the reverse effect <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you're not careful. But yeah, you know, yeah. other, I mean, it, it is a, music is a very emotional, emotional thing. Like it's, yep. yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's that same thing. thing of drawing into the presence of God. Uh, then we got, I, I don't know. I guess the more of sensitive nature in a way. Yeah, far more aware of good, far more aware of bad. Sin hurts more, but you'll run away from it. Yeah. Um, so it actually becomes easier to live a godly life because you become sensitive to those things um, and you're also sensitive to joy, so a tender heart. Um, and then the last one I just mentioned, though there'd be a big list of the amazing things God does, but life becomes supreme. What do you think that means? It's got anchovies and olives in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anchovies are good, man. They, they, <laughs> they can make or break are. a pizza. That's true. Yeah, what what it means is this, that it overcomes. Yep. You, you live this overcoming life. Circumstances don't overcome you, but you overcome circumstances. Yep. And that's that fullness of life God has for us. All right, mate. Yeah, well, awesome. Might have to go. Your kids are at the door. They are looking at me eagerly. Pesky kids. Pesky kids. But you it's can... been a good conversation today. I've yeah. enjoyed our time. Thanks, Neil. Catch you later. All, All right. right, see ya.